welcome to another episode of Living in Ultralife. My name is Mike, and this week I am joined by a lady that I met running somewhere in the Bighorn Mountains. We're, we're still trying to remember. We think it was at a race, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but this is one of those people who, as long as I've known her, she's just a really, really steady trail mountain runner, and I think you guys are going to absolutely love getting to meet her and know her. So without further ado, let's bring in Angela Smith. You ready to go for a run? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. You're recovered enough from Moab to 240 to go for a run? I am actually. That is so awesome. We're going to talk about that because I think I know your secret of why you're actually recovered and ready to go for a run because you're doing some things that I've been watching on kind of Instagram and going, okay, this gal is running for longevity would you say that that's one of the things that you're designing with the way that you're doing your training yeah you know that's exactly what i have going on in my life is training for longevity so awesome i'm hoping to be the first 100 year old finishing a 100 miler that's awesome that is such a cool goal yeah i i told somebody i said i want i want to die at 126 running a long distance race heck yeah <laughs> yeah that I think that would be too much fun. So tell us a little bit about yourself, family, what you do when you're not out rushing lots and lots of miles. Who's Angela Smith? Well, I'm married and I, I'm kind of a hard charger. I also have a hard charging job in emergency medicine. So that keeps me pretty busy when I'm not running. No kidding. You got some long shifts, I would imagine then. Yeah, yeah. We do 12 hours, but that's that's conducive to lots of mountain running because I was going to say, it's got to build endurance, right? It does, but it it's great because I can work just a few days a week, get my full-time hours, and then I have lots of days to go to the mountains and run. That is so, awesome. And what part of Montana do you live in? I live in Billings. Okay. So you've got trails really quick from where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have a trail system connected to my house, which that's is pretty awesome. fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's really convenient. And then, you know, there's the bear tooth in one direction and the bighorns in the other. So can't go wrong there. Yeah. Can't go wrong with either choice. That's awesome. So where is your favorite place to run? The bighorns. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me why, why, why are the bighorns your favorite place to run? Well, I don't, I just, I've just always felt a connection there, really. But um, the fact that there's no grizzly bears in the bighorns is is another perk. I don't it's enjoy, so isn't it? I don't enjoy bumping into those out in the bear tooth. So <laughs> that's definitely a perk. Yeah, and they are pretty plentiful in the bear tooth these days, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are, unfortunately. Yeah. So. It's uh yeah, it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes. I'm rarely alone, but usually have at least one dog with me out running, but How many um, dogs do you have? You have two, right? I have two. Two, yeah. And they, do they both run? They do. Yep. They're both rescue dogs and um they both run. One's a retired ultra runner, but she she was good for 50 miles in her prime. Now really? she's That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to be 12 pretty soon, but she's still running 18 milers, so. That's awesome. Um, wow. She's a sturdy yeah. dog. That's great. Yeah. 
are she you, do is. you, do you, do you do the strength training with her too? Or <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <Okay. laughs> no, she's, Wait, cause she's... I would love a video of that. So that would be awesome. <laughs> No, she'll uh, occupy her dog bed while I'm strength training. There you go. That's awesome. So emergency room medicine, ultra runner. Where did the ultra running start, Angela? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Okay. I was always pretty active, you know, hiking and just, you know, a recreational exerciser, if you will. And then in 2011... I went snowmobiling for the first time in February and uh, had a freak accident and broke my back. Oh. Yeah. So um, I had uh, several hours in the emergency department concerned that I had a spinal cord injury. And thankfully, that turned out to not be the case. But I became obsessed in those few hours with all the things I had never done and still wanted to do. And I spent four months in a, like a body brace, like a oh, torso wow. brace. Yeah. And um, I just fixated on running and being able to run. You know, when you are concerned that you might not have full ability with your lower extremities, um, doing things became more of a privilege so my outlook on things changed quite a bit. So the day I got released by the orthopedic doc and took that brace off, I went and ran two miles on my treadmill. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, I've been running ever since. I just naturally took to the trails because they're cushioned. You know, I didn't right. want to road run. Yeah. They said that probably wouldn't be a good idea for about 18 more months. So I started running on the trails and... I just never looked back and I never, uh, I've never stopped. I just kept pushing yeah. the limits just to see what I could do. Oh, and the beauty when you're out on a trail, is just incredible. Yeah, I was hooked. I mean, you know, once you're out on, on the trails running, there's no reason to go to the road. Yeah. First time I, I ran a trail in the Bighorn Mountains outside Sheridan, I was just like, why would anybody road run? <laughs> This is incredible. I mean, it was just you, your eyes just get opened up to whole new sights, and it's just so amazing. Oh, yeah, it's just so therapeutic. And yes. in Montana, like, why, why wouldn't you just be out on the trails all the time? Exactly. There is that little issue of the winter, but you know, I mean, you can still run on the trails in the winter. Yeah, uh, snowshoe running. Have you taken up snowshoe running? Oh, yeah. I've been doing oh, okay. that for years. Yeah. I love it. It's a good workout. It's hard. You got to be careful. It's pretty high intensity. So what was your first ultramarathon? Uh, that was the Bighorn 50K. Okay. And what year was that? Gosh, 2012. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. And you've been back to Bighorn. Have you run every distance except the 18 now? Um, I have never done, so I've only done the 50 K and the hundred. Okay. So you just totally skipped the 50. I did. Yeah. That's I probably a good idea. That's an insane race. The 50 K so, ironically, the 50 K was the first race I ever did. Oh, that was your first race was the 50 K. 
Yeah, it was. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't planned that way. I was supposed to do um a half marathon in Bozeman in February um leading up to the 50k in June, but I was assaulted by a patient and oh ended gosh. up on yeah, ended up in crutches about 2 weeks before the the half marathon, so I missed it. And then um that put a little wrench in things. So I was already I registered imagine. for the 50K and I thought, well, I guess I'm my first race will be the Bighorn 50K then. That's so it was crazy because I didn't know anything, right. you know, not having ever raced or done that distance. So I did everything wrong. It was <laughs> it was so ugly. <laughs> Ran up to Riley Point and then suffered down. Is that yeah and just you know thinking that my shoes were going to get wet so wearing Gore-Tex shoes would be a good idea I ended oh. up with horrible blisters yeah didn't yeah. feel right you know wow. I didn't know anything about anything and didn't have in you know got a little low on sodium and all kinds I'm of things I had all right. the symptoms you know yeah got sick to my stomach because I wasn't fueling properly, didn't drink enough. Yep. It was every mistake you could make, I made. So it was it was a big learning curve. <laughs> and so after you finished the 50K, how many days was it until you were looking for another race? I don't think it was days. I think it was hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what happens. I mean, you finish the race, you cross <laughs> the finish line, and it's like, I am completely hooked on this because the community is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. It was fabulous. I just loved everything about it, despite all the pain and suffering. It was just right. it was just the best experience. That's incredible. So as you kind as you progressed, what year did you run Bighorn Hundred the first time? So I'm trying to think. Um, honestly. It was two years. I ran for two years before I did the Bighorn 100, and that was my first 100-miler. Okay. So I did the Bighorn 50K twice, and then, um, no, there's not a lot of races around here. No. Um, I did a race uh, both years, both those first years in July. Um, before they had the Antelope Butte, there was a – a marathon yeah over on the other side by in shell right um, not in shell no it started up top right near the um the bear lodge oh did it really wow yeah it was called the bighorn sky marathon okay. and it wow. started on hunt mountain road and um it it actually the whole race was like at ten thousand feet oh, elevation. Wow, that's awesome. I did that both those Julys, the first and second year, and then that second year I did my first fifty miler in October, the Lagriz. Oh, cool! Over, okay, over by Glacier, yeah, National Park. So that was my first fifty miler, and then that following year in June, which would be going into my third year of running was um i did the the bighorn 100 that's awesome so that had been somewhere around 2014 
Yeah, it was two. Yep, 2014. So 10 years ago was your first 100 miler. That's amazing. And Yeah. successful finish, right? Yep. Yep. And Yep. so what was your takeaway from that first Bighorn 100? Oh, you know, it was kind of just more of the same. I'm hooked Right? and I need more of this in my life. <laughs> the worst drug, isn't it? Right? <laughs> Yes. Yes. it's a healthy drug, but man, it is, does it hook you? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, more of the same. So I, w I was just really hooked and I've actually just done, I think I've just done the LaGriz 50 miler a few times and Okay. they've all, all the rest have been just long, you know, longer. Um, Cause I'm really just hooked on that big distance stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think the first year you and I met was at Antelope Butte in 2015. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I did do some other stuff. Those, those few years they had that race. Yeah. Um, That was so, I so think much three. fun. I love that race. I think Yeah. I do believe it was only three. I think it was just three years that they had the race and it was so much fun. Oh It was hard. yeah. It was hard. The most brutal thing is coming back to the start finish line where everybody is enjoying music and food and beer and you got to turn around and go back the other way. And <laughs> yeah, and up and climb yes. back up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. You've just come down the, the ski hill basically, and you've got to go back out to the top <laughs> and go back through those three water crossings. So I remember 2015, yeah. you ran past me. And you finished that one pretty quick, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, I know one of those years I got second female, and that's the only time I've ever placed in my whole life. Yeah, everybody That's fun. was in the 15 mile. Like, those were... That Yeah, was the big, the that big was distance. the big one. Yeah. Lots So of cool. people. So what other hundred milers have you run? I've done Lean Horse and um, Zion and Bighorn a few times. Yeah, so, So so this not year's a lot. been, let's talk about this year, because this year has been a big year. And I, I want to talk about it because, because I've been following your Instagram since probably 2021. And you did something different at the end of 2021 that has led to a really, really big year this year. What did you change with your training? I went from occasionally and irregularly, half-heartedly weight training and strength training to hitting it pretty hard. And I also started gravel biking. Okay. A little bit of cross-training, mostly a lot of weightlifting and strength training. Just Yeah. trying to get stronger and being a lot more durable. I went through a couple of years. 2020 and 2021 were really tough. As a woman starting menopause, it's tough. Uh, everything changes. What you did before no longer works. Hydration changes. Thirst is down-regulated, like your sensation of thirst. So drinking became very tricky. I was getting dehydrated all the time. and couldn't figure out why. So I finally did a deep dive into all of that and figured out some things. changed what needed to be changed based on what my body was doing now. And so I just had to adapt to the way my body was uh, functioning at this 
point in my life at this age. And so I think I got some things figured out. And one of those things was keeping up with the running. So I, I ran just as much this year as I normally do, but I added in the, the extra strength training. Did you follow a plan or did you just design your plan based on what your body needed? A little bit of both. So I I had a coach for a couple of years. Okay. And so I learned quite a bit and that was during my half-hearted days, but I did learn quite a bit and I learned some basic concepts. And then after I did some research on menopause and those sorts of things, I just kind of tailored it to what my goals were as far as like big miles with lots of climbing, Mm -hmm. lots of vertical and what body parts I wanted to be extremely strong. And so I focused on that and I broke it up mainly because as far as like days with just lower body and days with just upper body, because I wanted to hit those parts really hard and you can't, I mean, most of us don't have time to do that in one day, right? So you kind of have to do what you can do when you're still running a lot and trying to fit it all in with a full-time yeah. job and life exactly. and life, all the being things. Young, being married, two dogs, those, those things all take time. Yeah. Yeah. It's really paid off this year, hasn't it? Because you've done Zion, Bighorn, and now Moab 240, correct? Correct. And all successful, all very, very decent times. I really congratulate you. You've really kicked butt in each one of them this year. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And and one of the things I, and I hope that, you know, people listening to this will pick up on this. I admire the way that you took menopause, which can be a negative for women. Yes, very much so. You know, I admire all women that go through it with because, you know, I've watched my wife struggle with it. It is not fun. So the fact that you took this thing that can be a super negative and you said, okay, let's figure it out. That's really admirable, Angela. Might not even realize how huge it is that you said, I'm going to take this thing that's a negative and figure it out and make it a positive. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough journey, but being on the other side of it, it was well worth it. Good, good. That is so awesome. Let's talk about Moab 240 because that's just 200 miles is fun, isn't it? Oh, gosh, it was the best. Yeah. <laughs> the so, best and the worst. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. All, it was so all what, the what things. Were the high, what were the low, the low times for you? When were, when were you at your lowest during Moab? My lowest was towards the end of the race when we're up above 10,000 feet for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, the altitude and being so tired and, you know, we're all under fueled at that point there's just you know it's impossible you can't you can't to be hydrated and fueled properly how many miles were you at over ten thousand feet towards the end because keep in mind this is after 200 miles right yeah so well no it it starts let's see we got up to around 8500 feet i think around 150 160 And then at 170, we're way up high for the next 30 miles Wow! or so. Yeah, give or take. It's because that's where I picked up my first pacer was at mile 170. And we started, okay. she was with me for that 
30 miles at 50K to 200. And we had to climb over 9,000 feet. And it was just this up and down, up and down, you know, climb up, come back down to 9,000, go back up to 10, you know, (laughs) almost 11,000. So we were just up and down, up and down between 10 and 11,000 feet for 30 miles. So wow, it was um, something I had never experienced before. And especially being so late in a race, it was very, oh gosh, my morale got pretty low. The shortness of breath, you know, the altitude sickness, the shortness of breath and just the, you know, for 30 miles feeling like you can't breathe was mentally, it was hard. I don't know that I've ever felt so out of shape, you know, I just felt like, like a new runner running your first mile. Like it just felt so hard. Oh, and I'm not going to make it. (laughs) So highlights, what were the highlights that just really stand out to you? Pretty much everything else. <laughs> okay. That's so awesome. What race. a great attitude. I everything mean, else. <laughs> I just loved it. I loved every minute of it. I loved running in the heat and complaining about the heat during the day and then being cold and freezing at night and complaining about the cold and just being out there, you know, like being fit enough to be out there at my age. I just, that's awesome. I love it. I love every, everything. How were the sunrises and sunsets? You know, I, that first sunset, I seriously cried. Like it brought tears to my eyes. I've never been out running in the desert at sunset and it was just too beautiful for words. Yeah. Um, Every sunset each day was just breathtaking. Yeah. And the sunrises oh, were just as world. fabulous. I told somebody when I ran a 200 in February down the Outer Banks of North Carolina, my favorite part was the the very first sunset that I saw was probably the most stunning thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was, you know, kind of like you. I mean, it's just like you're just moved. And then my very first sunrise was at the top of this bridge that you do. And you know, looking out over the Atlantic Ocean, the sun coming up on the Atlantic mm-hmm. Ocean. And I mean, I've never seen colors like that in my entire life. It was the most incredibly beautiful thing I've ever seen. And mm. it, I everybody I talk to that's ever done a, a 200 remembers the sunrises and the sunsets. Yeah, I think for me, I just felt so alive at those yeah. times, you know. So are you going to do it again? I don't have immediate plans to do Moab 240 again, but I am am in the lottery for Tahoe 200 and Bigfoot 200 in 2024. Yeah. Would you do both of them in 2024? Yes. Assuming I get in. (laughs) Okay. So fingers crossed. (laughs) There you go. I'll I'll cross mine with you. So when is Bigfoot? Yeah, that's mid-June. And then in mid-August is, oh, so Tahoe is in mid-June and Bigfoot is in mid-August. So Tahoe is an out and back and Bigfoot's a one way through the Wasatch. I hope I get in both. (laughs) I hope you get in both of them. I want want to see you (laughs) do two I got to do those two before I get too old. (laughs) There, There is no too old. So go do the hard stuff. 
when you hear the the phrase living an ultra life obviously that's that's our podcast what comes to mind when you hear that phrase oh that's a loaded question thank you i try um living your life to the fullest going beyond your comfort zone and having huge huge big goals that the average person says they are batshit crazy because if you have those humongous gigantic goals you achieve way more than you ever would if you raise if you lowered your bar put your bar as high as it will go because that's how you do cool things in life that is absolutely perfect because i mean that's that's living life to the full and you are doing it, Angela. You, I so admire how you are living your life right now and just pursuing it. If you were going to give somebody a piece of advice about ultra running, what would be the couple things that you would tell them to do? Don't wear Gore-Tex shoes in the summer. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> <That's> um, <awesome. laughs> There's so many things. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is Anybody can run ultra distances. You don't have to be, you don't have have to have that perfect body, that fitness model body, the marathon runner body. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be particularly talented. You just need a little grit and a lot of dedication. You can do any ultra distance you want to. That is awesome. Well, Angela, thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.